Hi friends, Ian McFadden here, one of the pastors at St. Moses Church in the heart of Baltimore City, and this is our daily podcast during this pandemic era that we call Every Day with St. Moses. We're just trying to stay connected to one another and most importantly to stay rooted in Jesus during this unusual season. As the headlines uh, show us that uh, parts of the country begin to reopen, a question on many of our minds is, what now? What does life look like now? What is the path back to some sort of normalcy? Of course, here in Baltimore City and here in Maryland, we're still very much in the middle of lockdown and restricted business and life, and yet we're still contemplating these same questions. I read that in the aftermath of the Civil War, Frederick Douglass turned to the flood story in Genesis chapter 6 through 9 for his inspiration. When the world has ground to a halt, when life has been turned upside down, where do you begin? Where do you begin again? So taking my cue from Frederick Douglass, I went back to the flood story. And as you'll know, in Genesis chapter 9, after the flood, God provides a rainbow in the sky, and he says this rainbow is the emblem of his covenant. This is what Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 through 17 say in the NLT version. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy the all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures of the earth. The text goes on then to mention Noah's sons. And then it has this fascinating little verse in chapter 9, verse 20. It says, After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground. And he planted a vineyard. Those of you who are quite familiar with the story that will know that things take a rather sinister turn shortly after that. But I just want to focus on chapter 9, verse 20. Isn't that fascinating? In the aftermath of this life-altering, world-upside-downing flood, it says, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. As God makes this covenant with Noah that gets highlighted repeatedly again and again, every time our sky appears at its most threatening, God reminds us of his faithfulness and his mercy. He reminds us that he loves life, that he is its author. He's our creator. As the inimitable Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, we are creatures made in the image of our creator after all which makes us partners in God's plan. We, too, are allies of creation. 
we too are lovers of life, which means that we too are wounded by the brokenness we see around us, the brokenness in which we ourselves participate, and my insertion, the brokenness we see so clearly in this pandemic. We are both the breakers and the healers, set into relationship with a God whose covenant calls us to shift the balance from death to life whenever and wherever we can. So I think like Noah and like Frederick Douglass and like Barbara Brown Taylor points out, there's in most of us this almost subliminal subliminal instinct to cultivate. I've noticed this uh, in so many of you and uh, and, and, and it's just it's such a pattern it's worth commenting on. I think three of the people who've contributed regularly to this podcast, Doyle and Anna and Renee, all gardening, coaxing life from beneath death-dark soil, the application of, of care and of patience to these seemingly inert and barren grains and seeds that are tucked beneath the earth. I think of uh, one of our elders, Beth Campbell, who every Sunday when we have our dislocated Zoom services, she nonetheless arranges a setting of beauty, a vase of flowers, a cup of coffee, uh, an end table, a screen, nice lighting, uh, all an effort to cultivate beauty in the midst of a fairly barren landscape. I think of my friend, Pastor Trevor Chin, one of the pastors at Epiphany Church, who uh, during this new normal has dedicated a room in his house for his kids to be schooled at home. He's made an effort to settle the chaos and has cleared space for productivity and for creativity. I think of Pastor Kenneth and Allie and, and Bria, their housemate, uh, as they have done their own cultivating, giving shape to time. I talked about this in another podcast, how they've uh, made an effort to, to, to find most of the, uh, the festivals of different cultures across the world. They, they uh, carefully are elongating moments uh, in their week for festival and rest, and they insert these special celebratory moments like eddies in the, the, the otherwise uh, unending rush of time. I think of uh, therapists in our community like Elise and Amy who, uh, whose, whose work is absorbing our disquiet with their ears and, and in this startlingly Jesus-shaped exchange returning in its place peace, reassurance, and self-knowledge. I think of educators in our community like Jane and George and Risa sowing seeds of learning in students during this difficult time. And they're patient. And during this season, they're at least as attentive to the soil as they are to the seed. So my encouragement to you in the midst of this pandemic and as life begins to revert to something resembling normal is not do something new, my encouragement is there's probably something you are already doing that you can attend to 
differently. There's something that by design or by reflex or by vocation is already part of your pattern, but see it now with new purpose. I think there's a timeliness to this. Noticing how we, as bearers of God's image, are cultivators. I love that throughout Scripture, one of the ways that God is presented to us is as the great gardener. We are his garden. We are his vineyard. Our fruitfulness then is modeled on his, but it's also enabled by his. I think of John chapter 15, where Jesus reminds us that the only way we are fruitful is by remaining plugged into the vine. Abiding for us is a way of fruiting. And so being cultivated moves us towards cultivating. Let me pray for us. Father, what a privilege it is to be like you. We pray that you would fill our hearts with inspiration and courage and patience and perseverance to join you in your family work of bringing life out of barrenness and bringing order to chaos in attending to and caring for and cultivating what you have put in our path to cultivate. We pray that by doing so, we might be joining you in your great work. In Jesus' name, amen.